0: Previously on Ghost Whisper. What up, man? Fuck. Where the fucking below at? <laughs> <laughs> Where you at, Matt? Where you We're at? We're a giant, you know. I'm about to get a couple groceries for the wife. <laughs> you know, happy fucking Halloween. <laughs> the media said what? Ha 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 The media said Joe Biden's president. ha ha ha. Serious. Hi there, my name is Susie, and this is the society. Oh, bother. You don't cross my shit line, I don't cross your shit line. Make yourself a damn case of Broadcasting live. Two takes. From Seattle, Washington. I'm listening. I am in the New Society Show Theater, mixing up the intro a little bit. But uh, I'm here for a, a little bit of a shorter episode and an episode I didn't expect. So last episode I mentioned I was doing a society stream on election night. And I did do that, but it only lasted for about an hour and a half. And uh, I'm just not good at streaming. Like, I was fumbling my way through it the whole time. And whenever people would come in, I'd be in the middle of doing nonsense. And then I'd, like, be prepared to actually talk. And by then, everyone would have had left. So I'm just not good at streaming. And so because of that, I'm just going to do a short episode where I go over my thoughts about the election the 2020 election. I'll probably talk about it a little more, but, you know, it's a big deal. And then from there, I can go back to talking about things I n- normally like to talk about, like foreign politics and also more like pop culture stuff and uh, I guess American-related stuff too, just not elections. I, I don't enjoy elections. Uh, and I think when i say my thoughts on this past election you'll get a better sense why i feel that way so by the time you're hearing this joe biden Um, has been declared the official president. You know, that Carney show goes through town once and you find out there's no pee under any one of those three shells that get pushed around. We're still not exactly sure what Trump's going to do about it. You think I could hop into one of them and drive it away? I'd love to uh, just drive the hell out of here. Just get the hell out of this. I had such a good life. My life was great. I'm recording this a couple days before it goes up, but I don't think much will change in that time. We'll see. Um, but my preliminary thoughts on the election is that you know how disconnected U.S. politics are from like the material, tangible reality. Because in a lot of other countries, let's say a leader declared themselves w- the winner of the election prematurely, like Trump did. Or let's say a leader um, refuses to leave office, like maybe Trump will do, or something like that. If that happened in another country, it would lead to stuff like, you know, the military would have to pick sides. Uh, The coup plotters would probably be, like, blocking bridges. There would be helicopters over D.C. and New York, and... Um, there would be, like, cops or government forces or something, militias, like, invading CNN. I knew a guy back in, so I used to have a coworker and he said he was in Thailand for the 2014 coup. And he said you could actually, like, the TV stopped and turn to static or something or maybe it just immediately cut I don't know but like a news station it cut to people being like we are we are in control now like we are the leaders um it's obvious why that can't happen in the US because the US has such a, a rigidly strong and inflexible Um, capitalist, bureaucratic, like, power center. It can't be seized. There's too many people stopping it from being seized that way. But I think that says a lot... Well, it says a lot about society, right? Society. But it, it says... It says more than just that, it should offer you insight into how to approach American politics. Because you have to keep in mind, a lot of this happens kind of on, like, uh, almost a mental, like, an idealist realm. Like, in a Hegelian sense. Like, an idealist. It's all in in the collective mind. Like, a lot of things that happen in politics don't have material impact. For example, you could say Trump, Trump having COVID had some type of material impact because it's like his, either his, his life is at stake, basically. He either he, he will live or die. But it was a... He, well, he specifically, but the media and larger political and state apparatuses in general... Were able to turn that thing with a true material impact and turn it into some cultural spectacle, you know, like how Trump wanted to uh, open his shirt with a Superman T-shirt and be like, "I'm okay," but like, he still did a lot of things that turned some. He he turned it from a. Marxist thing in the sense of like driven his, history driven by material reality to a Hegelian thing where it's history driven by the collective consciousness. So yeah, and I guess my ultimate point about that is that When you approach American politics, you have to keep that in mind and not get sucked up into it. The way to approach politics is from a tangible, material, like, understanding of the world and history. But U.S. politics is constantly trying to make you not do that and get wrapped up in these, like fantasy land culture wars and stuff and the fact that the uh, that Trump could declare himself the uh, declare himself the president prematurely shows how far it is into fantasy land because that is a serious claim and it never actually so far has had much of a material impact um let me shift into some other things I want to talk about. Uh, I have a theory that uh, how how they were like, oh the votes take a long time to count, but I voted in Washington and a lot of, well, I'd say most people probably vote by mail here, it's exceptionally common. Um, There might be polling places. I'm not sure. I thought there wasn't, but there might be. But I have only ever voted by mail. And uh, when you look at the election night map, right, it it went from Washington being completely uncounted to being completely blue, just automatic, like 90% of the votes counted. And the reason why is because they can count the votes before election night. You, I could even check online and saw that my vote was counted like a week and a half before election night. And so my theory on this is that many potential swing states purposefully uh are the states that take the longest to tally their votes they do it on purpose um because they want to extend election coverage which i mean it's beneficial in a lot of ways the longer the election lasts the better they benefit it's highly beneficial to the media and ad industries uh so many people are watching cnn like It's just good business, and longer elections just grow politically adjacent sectors in general. Uh, It's all a spectacle, it really is. And one thing that I kind of want to point out about that is, if you take that as true, and even if you don't, I mean, it has to be true on some level, right? Uh, If you take it as true that some swing states are slower to count votes specifically for ad revenue, then Trump only had the opportunity to claim himself the winner of the election prematurely as a side effect of TV commercial pricing. Like, and that just goes to show something that Okay, so let me break it down from the beginning. States say Like, say you're a state governor in Pennsylvania. You say, we want the eyes on Pennsylvania, and we want to win this election. Um, Or, you know, they might be like... Uh, Say it's a Republican state and they're like we don't want you to count the votes like wait till the end because they want to uh, sputz around with the votes, futz with it as much as possible Um, because I mean they're kind of anti-voting. So, let's say, ultimately though, a big part of it is making money from commercials. If the election was declared the night of, Trump wouldn't have the opportunity to declare himself the winner. So yeah, like, (laughs) in that sense, TV commercial pricing (laughs) allowed Trump to do something that could potentially have material impact, but it did not, because all of American politics happens in this fantasy land. And speaking of a fantasy land, one theory I've been going going on about that... I'm really convinced this is true. We have to remember that even though Trump lost, He got millions more votes than he did last time. Of course, part of that is probably from population growth, but then there's also, you know, the statistics that every demographic except for white men voted for Donald Trump slightly more than they did in 2016. That's pretty baffling to me. And a lot of people have theories like, oh, it's the right-wing Cubans, it's right-wing Latinos, it's this, that. Um, I honestly think... That, that's the wrong way to look at it because I'm convinced that most of the new Trump voters, the, like those few million more who voted for him this time but not last time, I think they're formerly apolitical people or uh, so claiming themselves to be apolitical people who discovered QAnon in the past two years. Maybe three years, maybe four years, but... I don't remember how long it's been around exactly, but I am totally convinced that QAnon is responsible for this gain. Um, I don't know how else to explain it. I really don't, but I can imagine if you look if you looked for Hillary to Trump voters or non-voters or third-party voters to Trump voters, they probably got into QAnon. That's just my guess, but maybe we'll learn more as people research this more. And just in general about the election, I I had an observation about it that... (laughs) So I don't know about you guys, but I was following media, like news media, about the election for a long time and for a long time people have been saying the vote will take a while to count we've all heard this like i'm i'm not convinced that conservatives haven't heard this but so it's like they were also kind of being like oh only trump could be elected you know like i heard roger stone on alex jones say something like We'll respect a valid vote, but obviously we know that it's only possible that Trump would win. And a lot of people have said stuff like this. Like, it was truly, if you're not exposed to right-wing media at all this might come as a shock to you because all of the polling was showing heavily in favor of joe biden um this might come as a shock to you but in all of right-wing media they seem pretty convinced it was gonna be a trump steamroll i'm not even joking uh which is even more delusional than Well, it's a lot more delusional than thinking it was a Joe Biden steamroll. There was a lot more evidence for that, supposedly. Uh, Biden did worse than he was supposed to by all polling data. I will say that I've defended polling data in the past, and, you know, the data screwed us again this time, you know, but at the same time, I still don't really blame it, because my thing is, I never. I respect polls because I never put very much weight into them. And I feel like if you put a very negligible amount of weight into them, then you can consider them and not feel disappointed when they're wrong. But I think a lot of people put too much weight into them. Like, the fact that Biden was polling so far ahead of Trump... I I took that as a good sign and because I wanted Trump to lose right but I also really didn't expect it to be that much of a landslide as some polls made it out to be so I wasn't actually that surprised by the results. so I mean I guess take it take what you will from polls I take them with a huge grain of salt and so I don't really get disappointed because I don't really expect a whole lot but. Anyway, the a point I was trying to get to a few minutes ago, but I lost my train of thought, is that, you know, we kept hearing that it was very possible that the election would take multiple days, and Republicans were saying stuff like, You know, like, haha, we're going to say that Trump won no matter what. Like, Trump obviously won. We don't even need the election. We already know Trump won. And then the day after the election, when it was already looking like Biden would win, even... Even less so than he ended up winning by, but he was still winning. The next day, they're like, "Actually, guys, seriously, Trump won." I, I'm not just saying that either. I wasn't. I'm not just saying that because I said I would say it, but like, actually, Trump won. I'm serious, guys. It's like. Wh- I think a lot of people just completely lose their minds with elections. And it's, om- it's literally almost like they have amnesia. Like, I feel like this election has gone literally exactly how most people thought it would. Most non-cranks f- thought... Biden would win by a little bit, but Trump would appear to be winning the first night, and he would preemptively declare himself the winner, even though it would become clear later that Biden won. I mean, I guess the margin by which Biden won is maybe the most surprising part, but you shouldn't be surprised when you remember that people do not like centrist Democrats. Whether they whether Democrats vote for them in the primaries or not. Generally people hate Centrist Democrats. Um, I'll get more to the Democrats in this in a second, but uh Before I get to uh, the Democrats, I do want to speculate about what Trump will do uh, moving forward. And one thing I think might happen is I think Trump will just casually call himself the president. Like, he'll be basically a president in exile for the rest of his life. Uh, And he'll... Maybe they'll even do a thing where it's like, oh, there's a fringe group of people who believe Trump is the true lineage of the president. And then they actually hold elections for an alternate uh, an alternate branch of the U.S. government. Kind of like how... Uh, there's two examples I'm thinking of, you know, like those people who are against, uh, you know, Catholicism too or whatever when the Pope said that anti-Semitism is bad and people were like, oh, this isn't Catholicism anymore. It'll be kind of like that. Like Trump is the real president and um, the current lineage of the president is illegitimate. Like some people might think that. It also might be like, I talked about this on this on the show before, but uh, I don't remember which episode, but there's this group of people in Germany who have this general belief that they're similar to like militia types, uh, y- you know, like Oathkeeper, whatever, you know, middle-aged, middle-class, rural dads. You know think like divorce dads Divorce conservative dad That type of thing uh, There are people in Germany That fit that general Demographic that believe that the German government is not legitimate, and that the rightful German state encompasses all of either the German Empire's borders or Prussia's borders. It kind of depends who you ask, but uh, and so there's like an alternate government in exile that truly rules the much larger. German state I think there will be some Americans who feel that way about a Trump Trump uh, but we'll see maybe they'll just accept it and move on but maybe not on the other hand <laughs> So, I'm going to talk about the Democrats and liberals now, and then I'll wrap up. So, th- this is from The Hill. Basically, they say the headline centrist Democrats talk leadership changes after negative election results. Uh, so,. What they're talking about replacing Nancy Pelosi with Hakeem Jeffries, who's somehow even more of a conservative scumbag than Nancy Pelosi. That's their freaking takeaway from this election. Go more right wing. Is can you think of anything more insane? I'm convinced I like I'm not just saying this to be an edgelord or, you know, both parties suck, man, or like uh, something like that, but I am genuinely convinced that Democrats and Republicans are completely collaborating to move the country further right. Of course, there's like, you know, you could say the squad or whatever, but as soon as the squad does any little thing that Nancy Pelosi or... Chuck Schumer, whoever else doesn't like, they, um, they get hit with a newspaper, like a, like a, an abused dog, like, bad dog, you know, that type of, they, that's literally how they act about them, like, the squad commands no power, and I think Democratic higher-ups are collaborating with republicans to go further right i'm not even just like i'm not even just saying that like that's a structural thing with the u.s economy or u.s political system obviously it's a structural thing it's been happening for 30 years both parties are going further right for i'd say 40 years really but I, I think it's more than just structural i think there is actual like there is actual conspiracy between Democrats and Republicans to go for the right. I feel comfortable enough making that claim. So, I also have another tweet from Erica Warner, uh, who's a reporter. She was listening into a Zoom call on uh, politics and uh, with the Democratic Party house i think yeah dim caucus call so abigail spanberger who is a cia agent she said this is according to erica warner but it's not in quotes so take with it what you will she said we lost races we shouldn't have lost defund police almost cost me my race because of an attack ad don't say socialism ever again need to go back to basics and then erica warner put in parentheses is yelling (laughs) so she's yelling all that don't say socialism that's a bad word okay uh so i just want to say if you're listening to this if you're on twitter if you use the internet at all if ever abigail spanberger uh speaks or tweets does anything, just reply with some meme uh, making it clear that you have no respect for her because she's a CIA agent and you really should not take a single ounce of what she says seriously like seriously these people just need to be like mocked because and i just say that because they're really sensitive and it doesn't take that much to get political figures like this riled up Um, maybe I'm wrong, though. I mean, she's not, like, a media type. She's not, like, a Maddie Iglesias or a Matt Taibbi who's on social media all day. But I'm just freaking sick of these freaking CIA agents and they can kiss my ass. You getting that ass, Larry. You know what I mean? You getting that ass, Larry. That's what the fuck you do. And one thing I was just thinking about is... (laughs) democrats don't even talk about bernie sanders unemployment insurance policy which if you ever i didn't get this but if you ever went on the reddit unemployment uh board you know people were like i had no idea the government could this good to you could actually i had no idea the government could actually help you like that's the type of stuff people were saying thousands of people like being like i had unemployment before and it's an absolutely unlivable wage you know stuff like that but with this i don't feel disrespected or treated like shit by society just because I got laid off because of a pandemic. Like, this is, without a doubt in my mind, the most popular single US policy of the past 10 years at least. And it is without a doubt the single biggest part of COVID relief or COVID stimulus. Uh, that was. It is by far the best part of that and the most well-received. And Democrats don't even talk about it. They don't even want you to remember it. That's how much they don't want you to vote for them. Now, I'm getting heated, so I just have one little point I wanted to add, so... There's this idea that liberals have been pushing the entire election cycle about returning to normalcy, and that return to normalcy, I don't know how or why or what form it'll take, but that will quickly just go poof up in smoke it'll be immediately clear that the normal they wanted to return to is not what we went to with Biden. And when that happens, here's what I think will happen. Some liberals will look to the left, and maybe start going more left. Some might be going to the right. I don't know, maybe. It seems like a lot of liberals, or so-called Democrat liberals, whatever, uh, have a lot more in common with Republicans than they make it out to be. But some liberals will continue doing their we-can-push-biden-left routine while not actually doing anything to push him left. Because the people who actually want to push him left, they realize that, okay, he could be pushed left in the sense that, like, let's say, was it Lyndon Johnson? Like, he was pushed, or FDR, they were pushed left out of necessity, they almost didn't want to do some of the things they did. I mean, they kind of did, but they also maybe kind of didn't. I I don't know, but I think we know that it's the only type of pushing left that could possibly happen on Biden is like a mass strike, mass movement rising up and basically coercing him to do that. And the... The people who say we can push Biden left don't want to do that. They want to sing Kumbaya and be like, Kumbaya, my lord. Kumbaya. And then have Biden say, I hear you. I hear you, America. Thank you for being peaceful. And then do nothing about it. That's what they think pushing Biden left means. So most people saying that are not willing to do the work that, to push Biden left, which would mean building up really powerful socialist infrastructure in a very short amount of time. And the um, a dangerous position that I think some liberals will find themselves in is they will convince themselves that the new normal is actually the same normalcy they saw all along when, I mean, we, come on, we all know it's not gonna go back to normal but they will think just because Trump is out of office that it did go back to normal. And I think that's a really dangerous position to be in because that is, if you've seen the Adam Curtis documentary, Hyper-Normalization, this is the ultimate example of hypernormalization, And in general, that is kind of the message I want to impart from this episode. Generally... This election takes place in a fantasy land. I mean, the president actually changes, but not of not much of material impact happens. It, it feels divorced from material reality. And I think some people will continue delving deeper and deeper into this fake reality uh, this fake representation of fake politics and with that I think that's all I got to say today uh my name is Christian. This has been The Society Show. You can follow me on Twitter at Christian is cool, is, is spelled IZ. You can follow the show on Twitter at Society underscore show. You can email the podcast at Society Show Podcast at gmail.com. And uh, with all that being said, this has been The Society Show. Till next time, take care of yourself. And each other yeah. <laughs> bye bye the cheese bye bye the cheese bye bye the cheese bye bye the cheese. I buy the cheese